about the Black Panthers, Hugh? Uh, the Black Panther Party, uh, notwithstanding. Wasn't that a great? <laughs> wasn't that a great boost? Well, to the black I, men in this country? Well, uh, we think so. And uh, of course, uh, we were wiped out systematically. Uh, there were about uh, uh, a million uh, uh, pages of, uh, of, uh, of uh, information compiled upon me alone. I don't know how many millions of illegal, uh, I don't know how many uh, illegal break-ins, but I know I suffered uh, at least 20 or 30 illegal break-ins. There were uh, FBI documents that falsified uh, bank records uh, sent around, and the bank records were then sent around to our uh, supporters. Uh, there were character assassinations. Everything... You scared that, people, uh, Huey. The uh, Black Panthers any scared time, people. Anytime the black man attempts to change the slave image, he will scare white people. So uh, the right. Black Panther Party, uh, I thank you. Uh, when you said that we scared people, that means that we were creating a, a positive black image. When she hit the fan, is you still a fan? When she hit the fan, is you still a fan? Won't you look to your left and right, make sure you ask your friends. When she hit the fan, is you still a fan? Do you believe in me? Are you deceiving me? Could I let you down easily? Is your heart where it need to be? Is your smile on permanent? Is your foul on lifetime? What you know where the sermon is? If I died in this next line? If I'm tried in the court of law? If the industry cut me off? If the government want me dead? Pack cocaine in my car? Would you judge me a drug head? Or see me as Kayla Lamar? Or question my character and degrade me on every block? But a prophet ain't a prophet till he asks you this question. Do you believe in me? How much you believe in her? You think she gon' stick around if them 25 years occur? Welcome, welcome, welcome to our new listeners and to our regular listeners. Welcome to Specificity. Spell it S-P-E-C-I-F-I-C-I-T-Y, where we ask specific questions about specific topics, getting specific answers. The meaning of specificity is the state of being clearly defined or identified to be precise, exact, or distinguished. All right, joining me today is Njamile Deluxe Smith of the Bachelor of Science yeah. and Chemistry, CEO of Deluxe Smith LLC, the pop up lock shop serving Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Ardmore, Indianapolis, Chicago, Denver, St. Louis, and the Dallas Fort Worth area. That, I mean, okay. Uh, today's topic Black Entrepreneurship and Networking with Njamile Deluxe Smith. Before we get started, tell me one positive, uh, one good thing going on right now. Positively. Um, so I've been working with a, a barber college in Oklahoma City. It's a lady, a lady named Josie Coco. She's been helping me. Um, we're trying to figure out a way um, to actually make me an instructor at the barber college. Mm -hmm. So I'll be teaching, you know, locks, lock maintenance. And then I, I kind of had this vision of like traveling and teaching instead of traveling you know, and just doing locks, I want to travel and I want to teach. You know, I always said I didn't need um, locks. I don't want a, a shop. I want schools. Mm. So instead of me actually placing these schools everywhere, I can use other people's platforms to just teach, you know, uh, at their barber schools. Like, you know, I could do my pop-ups at their schools, you know? That was just another vision I had. So with this... Um, with this beginning right here, she's just trying to actually make it to where um, the people that take the class will be certified um, after the class as well. So, yeah, we just, that's, that's something I've been working on. Uh, keep that same energy. Uh, what's one negative or, or bad thing going on? 
negative. Um, so my husband is in prison. Um, it's kind of positive and negative, but uh, he'll be released early, early this year. And um, the only other thing is if this interstate compact doesn't go through for him to actually do his parole in Oklahoma with me, then I'll have to relocate to Utah. So that's that's the negative going on right now. But we're going to keep it positive. We're just going to move like the interstate compact has already went through. And yeah. And tell us this, where can people find you? If they want to follow you, contact you, where can they find me like? They can find me on my my social medias are um, Snapchat, I have Instagram, I have Facebook. It's Deloxmith on everything, D-A-L-O-C-S-M-I-F-F. And for those that don't have social media, I have a website. It's www.deloxmith.com, D-A-L-O-C-S-M-I-F-F.com for those without social media. I mean, talk to us about the brand, the locksmith. What does it mean to you? So, the locksmith. I am the locksmith, okay? <laughs> it's just when you see my logo, you see me, Okay. So I just really wanted to separate myself from other locticians. That's really where the name came about. I didn't want to just call myself a loctician because I feel like I have a lot more to offer. The, the locticians nowadays, I feel like majority of them were beauticians first. And it's just the knowledge is different. So with me having locks my whole life and um, taking care of my own, my mother's, my mom, my father's, my brother's, you know, locks. It's just a, a, a different kind of understanding that I have as far as what damages, you know, locks and what's too much and what's not enough, you know. So um, it's just the knowledge is different, and I just really wanted to separate myself. I didn't want to be called a loctician because I'm not that, you know. So that was really where that, the, the name came from. And you brought up the logo. That's where I was going next. I don't see a lot of uh, African-American or black representation when it comes to logos. Um, and I see that you use Let it. Let me tell you. Why, why'd you choose that one? Let me tell you. So, it's a, it's a, um, the artist in Oklahoma City, his name is Devante, and his brand is Urban Tunes. So, Urban Tunes OKC. Uh, it's spelled U-R-B-A-N-T-O-O-N-Z. Go check them out as well. They have a shop downtown. Um, it's an art shop, tattoo shop. They do it all. It's a barber, uh, to Barbara in there as well. But that guy right there, he actually, I just gave him the vision. I said, hey, I wanted it to say the locksmith without saying the locksmith. Mm-hmm. And he drew it on paper. He drew it on paper. It made it happen. And I'm going to share a moment with the, the listeners. Representation is important. You know, your brand, your logo, the first thing they see is honestly what they think. And so I'm learning to be proud of what you are. We can change the presentation how we want to. Uh, the fundamental, the, uh, the the chemical essence of it is going to be the same. So be proud of that. For sure. So let me ask you this yeah. one. Entrepreneurship, what does it mean to you? What is the definition of entrepreneurship? So entrepreneurship... It's just basically like taking a leap of faith to do what you love to do full time and on your own time. That's the most important part right there. 
what do you think some people, what do you think they overlook when it comes to this responsibility of entrepreneurship? I feel like people overlook how much work it actually takes mm-hmm. just to get a business up and running from the ground up. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time, hard work, dedication. You have to feel like really love what you're doing or what you're wanting to do. Like it has to be a passion. You have to be passionate about it because if you're not, it's really going to show. Mm. Well, what do you think some, some things that people take for granted? Uh, losses. <laughs> people fail to appreciate their losses. Like I, I've taken so many losses just to get to this point that I'm at right now. And it's like, if I would have let the first, the second, or even the third loss get to me, to the point where I'm feeling like, you know, I can't do this anymore or it's too much, you know, it, it, I, it wouldn't have been a brand, you no. know, that would have been it for me. So, hey, you got to take those losses and learn from them and keep going because uh-huh. when you only lose if you quit. So. Mm. Talk to us about one or two of those losses. Help help people understand what they uh, could expect or run into. Oh, right. So in the beginning, right? when I would try to like expand into new cities and stuff I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize it was going to be that hard like granted some cities they move a lot faster than other cities but well I say word of mouth moves a lot faster through other cities smaller cities but the bigger cities it it took a lot more time like I, I, I would take literally blank trips when I was trying to even expand from Oklahoma City to Dallas, I have family in Dallas that has locks. So at first I would go down there and I would just do my family's hair because that's all I knew out there. Mm. So I would do my family's hair there. And it took me probably seven or eight trips of no, I wasn't getting anything back. You know, I wasn't making any money. I was just losing money going down there. But the people need to see that you're working in this city. Mm. So I had to keep going, you know. So that was one of the hardest cities for me to spread out into but right now i have a pretty 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 big clientele in dallas and this is probably like a year or two later maybe two years later um i have a decent clientele there but it really took me a long time to get my name out there and i do everything myself so actually physically being out there talking to these people and then they see people see my work on other people and they they like it so they're like oh who do your hair and that brings up people to me so yeah word of mouth Word of mouth. That that right there. That that's always been my best friend right there. Cause I mean, I always give quality, and I'm consistent. So it's just, and I'm passionate. I love what I do, and people feel that, you know. So right. it, it helped. That helped me. And but that was that too. was one of the losses that I've been taking since the beginning was taking those blank trips. It took a lot of blank trips in, mm. in several different cities, just going out there, not making any money, no income, just to get my name out there. Mm. So, and, and that's what I was about to say. You're one of the only only people I know that really moves like that, or um, that shows that shows the the community moving like that. Uh, where did the idea yeah. or the plan come from to really establish those different cities, those different states outside of where you normally stay? Um, sheesh. Okay. Okay, hold on one second. Of course. I need you to ask me that question again. Okay. 
Sazar is locked in Chinatown. And I said, um, you show us, you show uh, the people who follow you that you do go from state to state, a lot of different ones. And so my question is, where did the idea or plan come from to expand outside of the, the state or city that you spend most of your time in? Uh, okay, okay. <clears throat> so the idea came from um, me. I was just basically, okay, so when I, I moved back home in, in 2015 to Chicago, mm -hmm. and um, when I moved back home to Chicago, my clients in Oklahoma City were like, when are you coming back? So my clients in Oklahoma City were like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, I had never planned on coming back. So that came, that went from uh, me coming back like every month or every other month to um, like when me finally moving back to Oklahoma City. So <laughs> if I had never moved back home to Chicago and been flying back to Oklahoma City like every month or every other month, I would have never even known anything like this was possible. So again, that goes back to like me um, saying, like I took a lot of blank trips, you know, and all of this. When I first started going back to Oklahoma City, it was only a few people that knew that I was coming back and forth at the time. Mm -hmm. So with me coming back and forth and staying consistent um, and coming back every month, my clientele was building in Oklahoma City and I was living in Chicago at the time. And then at the same time, I'm still doing hair in Chicago, but I didn't really have a clientele in Chicago at the time. So I built a clientele in Chicago at the same time. And then I started spreading out into Indiana from Chicago because the border, you know, is so close. So I had clients in Valparaiso, Indiana, um, uh, Maryville, Indiana, I was going across the border. So that ended up um, after I quit my job. And the whole time I was doing this, I was working in a pharmacy <laughs> in Chicago. So um, that was really crazy. So when I finally moved back to Oklahoma, um, that's when I started spreading out into other cities from Oklahoma. So when I moved back to Oklahoma, of course, my clients were like, when are you coming back to Chicago? And then that ended up I spread out to Dallas from Oklahoma City, and then I got Ardmore on the way to Dallas, and then I started getting St. Louis on the way to Chicago, Indianapolis on the way to Chicago. It was just crazy how word of mouth was spreading. And that I, the idea just all came from when I moved back home to Chicago, my clients in Oklahoma would not let me go. Mm. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> um, what would you recommend to, to people that want to do something similar when it comes to expanding? Um, man, don't quit. Right. I, stay consistent and always give a great quality services because, hey, word of mouth is either going to help you or it's going to hurt you. It's going to be your best friend or, or your worst enemy. If, if you're not doing right by people, they're not going to have anything nice to say about you. So, and if you're not giving good work, good quality work, you have to separate yourself from, from other people that do the same thing that you do. Right. You know, what makes you different? Yeah, you do lots, but what makes you different? Mm. You know, so for me, I don't use any products. I don't use any gel. I don't use any tools. Um, you know, a lot of people can't even twist without the product. So, you know, hey, it's just, it's deeper than that. But that's just that's really what it is. Stay consistent. Always give great quality service. And the biggest obstacle you didn't see coming or weren't expecting? Uh, that actually happened in the beginning. Like when I first quit my job, um, when I moved back to Oklahoma, 
um, I was still working in the pharmacy at first. And when I finally let the pharmacy go for good, not even a week later, my husband got locked up. And he got extradited back to Utah. So <laughs> I think I fell into a, de- a deep depression. Like at that time, and I just like slept for like a week or maybe a little over a week. I just slept. Like I couldn't get up. I couldn't do anything. And I was just down. Like I didn't know what was coming next. I didn't see. I didn't know what to do. So, I mean, hey, I got through that, though. I, my clients kept texting. <laughs> the people that knew I was back, they were hitting me up. And I had been pushing this person off for probably about two or three days, rescheduling their appointments because I just did not have it in me to do. Yeah. And when I finally got up out of that little depression, I just put my foot on the gas and I just never stopped. So what that could have been the end of me right there. What helped you get through that? Because I know a lot of people are going through, you know, what they're going through. So give a shed a little bit more light. What helped you yank yourself out of that, that state of mind, that place you were in? I just felt like I didn't have any other choice at the time. Like, I've never been one to just sit down and feel bad for myself and just, I just always take whatever's, whatever's thrown at me, I just take it and I just keep going. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like you either have it or you don't. You know, some people, stuff like that, something like that'll happen to them and that'll be the end of them. You know, yeah. I just, I don't have that in me to quit like that. So. I mean, I was down for a little second, but it's just, hey, I felt like the people needed me, so I had to get back up. They kept they kept asking me, like, hey, where you at? I need a retwist. And it's like, I feel like it's my obligation to, to take care of their lives, you know, for them. Because I would rather me get up and do your hell and get out this depression that I'm in because you guys need me more, you know? They, I feel like they really need me. Like, I feel like I'm a healer hmm. of some sort. Like, probably a holistic lock doctor or something. Like, <laughs> that's really what I feel like. So, like, yeah, I'm like, people need me. And we just, hey, I just got up and I never looked back. And here we are. It's been rough, though. It was rough. It really was rough. And that was the beginning. That was me just beginning and starting my... um just now starting my whole business, my journey and all this, and then boom, everything hit the fan. So, I mean, it was already hard enough starting this business from the ground up Hmm. and getting my name out there and doing all of that, but that just made it 10 times harder. Talk to us about that transition from the the typical nine to five or the typical workspace, expecting that check weekly or bi-weekly to leaving it. Hold on, this is, hold that question. Of course, of course. Um, and, and to the listeners, this is what we'll do. What's your passion? You know, we've heard what Ingemilia had to say. And what do you love to do? Because it's going to be hard. Um, it's not designed for you to own your own, to be your owner. It's designed for you to be a worker. And in my, my opinion, it starts in high school. You get up at 6, 7 a.m., do your 8 to 2, 8 to 3. If you play sports, you get your extra work, your extra privileges, and the social status that comes with that. And you, Monday through Friday, an occasional break. So what do you enjoy doing? What, what would you do if what? you were able to do If I was for a lot, what would I do? Now, I was asking, um, you know, challenging our listeners to, because you, you touched on something that was important. You said that people need me. 
that I, I love to do it because you'll get fizzled and burnt out. And so what I was going to ask is, walk us through that journey of the nine to five, the, the typical workspace to severing that consistent check to now I depend on myself. I own my time, my energy, and also the positive and negatives that comes with the journey of entrepreneurship. Phew. All right, so I didn't, I mean, okay, working the nine to five, it was cool and all, but I mean, I just, I never cared to be there. So like I would show up and I would just be there, but I don't know what, I don't know what it was. Um, I think it was like more of my mom. She was in my ear about uh, me keeping this job. And it was like the consistency of having this check every two weeks. Um, you know, I mean, I had my car. My car was in her name at the time. I was the co-signer. So I had um, I had that. And she was like, you have your car note, your insurance. You know, you have these checks. And, um, you know, they're coming every two weeks. So she didn't want me to quit the job. She didn't think that I would be able to make that type of money without this job. But then it got to the point where I was making those checks every two, those two week checks. I was making those in my, my three off days, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> I was doubling those checks. So like, it was so backwards. Like, I mm. feel like that's what gave me the security that I needed to even be able to quit my job. Cause I'm like, I'm making all this money on my own time. Like, but I'm, if I'm moving around for eight hours on my time, then I'm making this kind of money, but I'm standing in one spot mm. on their clock and I'm making kibbles and bits. You know what I'm saying? So it like, it just wasn't, the numbers was backwards. They were so backwards that it just didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Like right now, I feel like I make over 50K a year on my own. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I just, the numbers when I sat down and did my taxes. It's, it's roughly 50K a year, easily. So, so to the listeners, it's possible. This is what I like to do next. Because a lot of people have ideas, they have dreams, they have aspirations. Yet they don't know how to bring it all together on the same plate. So just, just vaguely, roughly, for those with a pen and paper and a, a pencil even, Walk them through the process of an idea to a business plan to maybe trademark or the copyright to making the money uh, for the next generation who need a little bit more guidance, a little bit more specificity. Getting the the LLC was the easy part. Yeah, like you can literally <laughs> go on Secretary of State um, to the website and file for your LLC. Now, what I would say for tax purposes is uh, people, especially if you're going to be working by yourself, you're not going to have that many employees. I wouldn't recommend an LLC, although I do have an LLC. Um, I'm actually trying to work on switching it to an S-Corp, which is a little bit better um, for tax purposes. You know, instead of instead of you owing so much, you'll catch a break and just that little switch right there. You know, that's something a lot of people don't tell you. Um, a lot of people don't know. Well, all we know is LLC. One person threw LLC out there, we all ran with it. But look into S courts, look into LLCs, read them guidelines, and see which one works better for you and your business before you do anything. But uh, then after that, it's just, hey, it's going to be marketing. 
<clears throat> you're going to have to put a whole lot of time, energy, money into marketing, especially if you only plan on marketing on social media. If you don't plan on being out there talking to these people, getting your name out there yourself, you're going to have to spend some money to market on social media. So, uh, shit, after that, it's going to be your brand. You're going to have to make a solid name for your brand, and you're going to have to push your brand. So it, you can do it by yourself, or you can create a team. Videos, videographers are important. Um, photo shoots are important. All that, you're going to have to invest in all of it. So, and then it just depends on what you do. I mean, even if you cook, get a professional uh, professional photographer to come in and take pictures of your food, you know, so you can post these pictures and throw your logo in there. Uh, you can do you do a lot. There's a lot of different ways you can go. It's just figuring out what works for you. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people, some people not good at marketing, but you might know somebody that is. Come on. You know, so you have to pay that to help mm-hmm. you, you know. But if you create a team, if you can create a team, um, you know, with the person that's the best at what they do in this category, you just you you stick to what you know. You don't try to do everything. You feel me? It's other people that do other shit. You feel me? So whatever you don't do, you can find somebody that does that and create a team. So yeah, creating a team is gonna be your best bet. What's the talk to us about the significance of a trademark or a copyright? Trademark. Um. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't spend money on a trademark unless you're gonna actually print your logo, push uh, your logo out of state. You know, if you're just doing it in state, that's one thing. But it's when you cross the border and you sell your stuff everywhere around the world. That's when a trademark is important. You already have like somewhere like a soft trademark on your name. Yeah. You know, nobody can really take your name after you do your LLC or create your business. That's kind of like a soft trademark. So, um, with me, my logo doesn't include my name, but you can't take my name, you know, because I have to be. So, it's kind of like my trademark, when I get to printing my logo on clothes and all that type of stuff, and I, if I set up my website to sell and do online orders and do all of that, then um, that's where my trademark would be the most important. But, I mean, I already have my, my logo trademark, and I'm just not doing anything with it. So, I mean, it is. It's a yearly fee that you have to pay um, for the trademark just to keep it, uh, just to keep it updated. And what was the other thing? Uh, copyright. Copyright. Um, if you're a writer or do anything with writing, um, publishing, anything, you want to be self-published. And, um, yeah, copyright everything that you do. You have to own all your copyrights, all your publishing and everything. So when I get to writing books and and um, doing all of that, I, I plan on being 100% independent doing that. So. Um, what about a, a booth or a workspace or an office? Do you feel it's, it's something that people should look into or are there different options? Yeah, again, it depends on what kind of business you're trying to run. Like, uh, I would just say plan on owning everything that you do 100%. So whatever it takes to for you to be able to create your own product and not have to depend on anybody else or the next person, that's what you need to invest in. So all your equipment and everything so that you can do everything yourself. And like I said, you can still hire people 
you know, you might not know how to do everything yourself, but I can guarantee you, you know, somebody that does. So, yeah, it goes back to building your team. All right, Mila. Um, in closing, what do you what do you want people to come away with? With what you said, what you stand for. What are your your dying words, if you will, for the listeners? Based like as the as far as what I do, like advice for for the people with lot. Whatever you want to share. Um. Man, I just really want the people, the people that actually do locks, I just want them to to pay more attention to um, the damaging of the locks, and um, just look, just just pay pay attention to your clients and their hair, and and try to stop using all these products, and it's really not necessary. Um, yeah, I mean. It's just a lot of damage out here that I, I come across with the locks, and I have to reverse the damage. But I just want everybody to have the same eyes that I have. You know, we can we can spot this damage early on. You just have to care to pay attention to it. So that's another reason why I want to travel and I want to teach because I want the people that actually um, do locks or locticians or um, passing down whatever knowledge they have, I just want them to be able to identify um, early early stages of lock damage and just know how to reverse it early on so we don't get to all this alopecia and, and all this balding and thinning and everything else that's going on. What is alopecia? I just want to put a stop. Alopecia is, is a skin condition and a lot of people have it severely now because what we don't understand is when we do locks, all that tension and pulling is too much. So in turn, all these people are losing a lot of hair from their scalp, you know? So it's like bald. It's like it'll be smooth bald, you know, to all the way to the scalp. No hair, no hair follicles, no nothing. So it just damages. And and some some of it is to the point where the hair won't grow back. You know, it's been damaged so much. So, Yeah. I mean, some is severe, more severe than others, but I mean, it's all of it is unnecessary, and it can all be stopped like early on before it even gets to that point. Before you even start seeing the scalp, we can stop it and reverse it. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. With that, we thank you for joining us on Specificity. <laughs>